Chasing the Triple Crown. This is Howard Dinette, CEO of Anglelight Media. I'm here with Max Dinette, producer and producer and editor-in-chief of Anglelight Media. He also is the host of Beers, Beards, and Bastards, a comedic look at craft beers. Say a word, Max. I was busy producing. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry about that little dead air, but... Um, so let's talk. This is, uh, our sixth podcast. Um, I think we're going to do a little bit more of a focus on the intent of the whole thing is chasing the triple crown. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so how many days to the Kentucky Derby max? What I see in 196, 195, oh, 22 close. hours and 39 minutes. Yeah. Let's give that a big booyah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, and it's really kind. It's really early in the Derby prep season. Um, there's lots of races for two-year-olds right now. There's there's a ton of them. There's 34 of them. So um, the the new point system is fully in swing. So there's 18. I think there's 18 um, like preps that only get 10 points apiece, and mm -hmm. there's about. Uh, 16 that are bigger in, in stature, bigger races, and we're going to kind of, you know, punch through it and highlight some of these races and some of the horses as we go through. And it's kind of a funneling process. <laughs> yeah, or like a bracket, almost like a like the NBA, or, you know, it's like the or like a beer bracket playoffs. Right? Yeah, the beer bracket. <laughs> um, it kind of just goes into like the, the semifinals and fi almost it, it reminded me of, it struck me as it just like any other sport how there's kind of a, like the funneling the playoffs or the tourneys or things of that nature yeah and it's it's very interesting because the horses early on may not make it all the way through to the derby either because they either gas out or injury or mm -hmm. not good enough or something like that so anywho um wanted to give a little bit of news first let's let's, let's talk about some news and then we'll do some rants and raves and then we'll get into the meat of this uh, podcast, which is the Road to the Kentucky Derby series, the 34 races. So a little bit of news. Um, doing some reading. This is general horse racing crapola. Um, nice. Illinois race fans face, face their own fiscal cliff, which I, I thought was interesting. Um, so the brutal details spelled out in the illinois racing board um and a scorched earth landscape love that terminology scorched earth the 2014 racing season only had 87 race dates um and i guess the the state funds and and illinois is ranked like 50th in their their credit ranking so yeah, and they have like they're, crime they're, problems they're, they're, and they're really hurting. So I, I guess yep. they're going to reduce racing, and Arlington's going to be hurting mm. in the state of Illinois, where Arlington is. You know, I think Barack Obama should be a little bit ashamed, <laughs> shouldn't he? he Left he the state in shambles, there. buddy. Left it in shambles. Little 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 news on the fiscal the fiscal cliff. I thought that was kind of interesting, and the whole scorched earth policy is is interesting. Mm. But so anyhow, let's have a uh, you know. I don't know. That's that's kind of a general news in Illinois. Um, so at Santa Anita, take control, son of AP Indy and Arazi was euthanized, which is not good. Is it Arazi or Aziri? Uh, Arazi, I, I think. Aziri, Arazi. I think it's Arazi. 
Okay. Aziri. Maybe Aziri. It's spelled Aziri. Yeah. But it could be a typo. A, a moment of silence. Okay. Um, <laughs> to something a little bit happier than that. So that, that that's always disappointing to me or always sad for me to hear. What's the reason that it was euthanized? Um, he he, he was had euthanized. a severe like leg break. Was it is, during a race that he broke the leg? Um, or you know, I didn't. I think he was training. It was <laughs> during training, so at Santa Anita, which is it's it's sad. I mean, you, you don't read a lot about it, but it happens. So yeah. horse racing, these things are finely tuned animals, and it's it's sad. But um, yeah, it's a bummer. Thought thought I would mention that. Um, so another uh, uh, on a lighter note or a happier note, Dale Romans um, won the training championship at Churchill Downs for the. Uh, September meet, which was only how many days? Twelve days. September meet, which is good. He, he, I guess, he landed in Churchill Downs and won two races that day. Um, Not a bad day. He has a couple of two-year-olds that did pr- pretty well in the Ur- Iroquois Stakes. When he said he's got a couple of two-year-olds for whatever reason, I thought his own children. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> racing on the track. <laughs> Kids won. A <laughs> couple of two-year-olds, juveniles. What we're talking about? Chasing the Triple Crown. Um, Cleburne and uh, Smart Cover, and I and I watched the race on video, and the, um, Cleburne did really well. I mean, and Smart Cover was flying at the end, so you know he's got a shot to get those guys in the Kentucky Derby. So Dale Romans, hats off to him. Little, little, little golf clap there. Nice. Um, so on to the next session section here. Rants and raves. We'll start with a few. Um, let's do a rant. Uh, the holy crap rant. Yeah. At the simul. Holy crap. <laughs> holy crap. Simul, simulcast conference. Field shrinkage at a tipping point. <laughs> shrinkage. Shrinkage. You remember the uh, Seinfeld episode yeah. where George comes in after he's been swimming and he had some shrinkage? It's, so it's, it's like a George Costanza style <laughs> shrinkage. I chewed on George Costanza just then. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. There's a serious uh, contraction in the number of horses of racing age, which is a little bit scary to me. I'm kind of tied yeah. to this industry, and uh, the foal crop declined from 2009 to 2011, and it has serious repercussions in the how big races are. So they're mm-hmm. going to go – races are typically have eight horses, and, and they're thinking that by 20 – 15 or 14 they're going to drop to like 6.3 horses per race which is not good i mean six, i watched six and a third horses yeah six and a third it's kind of crazy <laughs> they doing all this math but um the full crop has dropped from thirty-four thousand down to twenty-one thousand, which wow, is that's, that's a, a huge that's a drop. Big drop um and i guess they're saying there's some different reasons for it and one of the reasons is um some of the owners and you know some of the the folks that are the horse players that are in horse racing mm-hmm. are very conservative and they said that they haven't updated like their tv production styles like the nfl has mm-hmm. and like like car racing has like nascar has so to k- keep and maintain and attract that audience they have to kind of look at how like, they cover these things on TV a yeah. little bit differently. Contemporize, yeah, man. Yeah, you know, maybe some uh, hoof cams or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Jockey cams. Jockey cams. I think I would I would love to see a, 
a freaking camera on the helmet of a jock. Yeah, they do that for like the, some of the cool training hell. runs and stuff that I've seen. They have like the the jockey. It's it's kind of like you know if you watch Sea Biscuit and they have the angle where he's like riding it, you can see the horse's head. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be really interesting. And, and I, I was looking at, believe it or not, some. Um, some drones they have these camera drones now for different types of events yeah they're like they have four propeller blades and a camera attached and they're very easy to control i don't know the buzzing sound might drive the horses crazy yeah. but you might be able to get some pretty interesting angles like that or um, if they could silence those things i think it'd be cool to have i'm sure they could some yeah. different kinds of angles yeah to, it would be to look at horses it would be cool especially like a cool like an aerial one and kind of I don't know, just a sweeping. I, I, I'm with you. I think that'd be cool. Um, I mean, it, it continues to sadden me that the, like the decline of horse racing, and I think yeah. it's it's not on a good path right now. So I mean, part of the the company that I started here is to help with the contemporize you know, contemporize contemporizing horse racing and maybe bring it to a bigger audience. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there has to be a few folks out there that are talking about you know the beauty the great american story that is yeah. horse racing and, and stuff like that to kind of drive it to a new group of folks i mean we're heavily invested in social media correct i mean max and i have been doing a ton of tweets and things like that but yeah. so i mean i say, think some of those things along with you know um taking a look at how they can display horse racing a little bit better would be very interesting mm -hmm. so the kentucky derby always does really well i was reading so i read you know i read this and i was like holy crap this is horrible right um and then i read that the handle and the handle is the collection of bets for a race um was up for the kentucky derby and that's the kentucky good. derby series so i think that's a good thing so i think that's pointing that in the right direction yeah i mean i don't know how the hell you get the the full crop up I mean, it has to be more people purchasing horses and more people getting involved with the sport to be able to, um, you know, get that up so we have the amount of horses that we need in per race because people don't like betting. I mean, I watched a race at Woodbine. I think it was the Gray. Mm -hmm. It's one of the Kentucky Derby prep races, and there was only four horses in it. And yeah. it's it's kind of kind of feeble. Yeah, it, it didn't. I mean, and I've been to Woodbine. It's a beautiful track, but four horses in a race, that's that's pretty low. Yeah, it's so, I, uh so anyhow i was gonna just comment on i feel like their attempts to contemporize were have been kind of feeble mm -hmm. like there there's like that i remember one of the races there was some personality they had and she was like young and hip but it was just kind of annoying and dorky it just seems sort of like superficial yeah so i think there needs to be like I for me as a young person or younger person i think the thing that would really help is sort of a there's a really big uh, obsession coming around, at least in music and in like other cultures of sort of like the vintage is cool again. So kind of maybe bringing back the the traditions in a in a slightly more contemporized manner. Like there's a lot of bands that have like a really kind of like a baroque sound to them. Sort of that that era of um, the the spirit of racing is like you can kind of hear it. I think mm -hmm. and like those indie and folk bands like kind of capturing that essence in a, a genuine way i think would help horse mm -hmm. racing and that's my opinion as a young person who is kind of um in in the world too like i think and i think <clears throat> also telling some of the stories like the stories of th there's some incredible stories of mm -hmm. zinata to get, yeah, get those cool story. those stories out to more people because i think there is some true truly great stories and just the beauty of horses and the beauty of like the silks and 
you know, getting just different people involved in horse racing. And then, you know, there's these groups that save thoroughbred horse races after. I mean, mm-hmm. th- there's all sorts of ways that you can get involved if you're yeah. like an animal lover or, you know, so th- there's, it's not just all about betting. Right. I, I think there's, and then, you know, for those of us or those, those of us, it's not me. <laughs> fashion people i mean there's a lot of different fashion at some of these (laughs) it's not not me i mean (laughs) let's be honest (laughs) let's be honest here i'm kind of your uh you know i like color and stuff and i might wear some crazy shoes every once in a while but that's about it as far as like the crazy hats and all that stuff uh, well yeah there's a a lot of others but there's a lot of like fashion stuff and crazy hats and it's it that's a lot of fun i think yeah, so. i think there's just i i think the biggest thing that people need to realize is that like there's a certain like with what we're trying to do in telling stories and the, the stories of horse is like the, the the more genuine it can be the better it will be so you, like you can't force things to be cool or like know what cool is i think you have to like listen to what people are looking for and kind of yeah not necessarily pander but like Say okay, that sounds interesting. How can we bring it in a in a way that's that's honest and and good, like yeah. as opposed to like look at how zany we are, you know? Yeah. Like there's some like yeah, we, there was one race that this lady is going around who's like, who are you gonna bet for? Like asking, and all these people were like, well, who are you? What the hell are you saying? Like, <laughs> go away. <laughs> yeah, so not lameness. We don't, it's we just don't like, have... I mean, if it's if it's genuine and like it's someone is interested in it, I think that it'll it'll work. I think that's that's yeah. that's sort of my argument is as long as it's real it'll be good. Yeah. I mean so, so there's I mean and a lot of like like Santa Anita and and Saratoga is like one of the most beautiful places on earth to me. I mean there's beautiful architecture, there's beautiful you know just the, the surroundings that you're in are, are yep. gorgeous. They have, you know, good food and I'll tell you like the Kentucky Derby and, and Belmont and, and and the Preakness are huge party. I mean, there's some. So I feel like some I mean, parties going on. There's yeah. some serious partying going on, and like the Kentucky Derby week, I think that it's just one relentless party. So yeah. I mean, there's a lot of festivities and things like that. So if you like that kind of stuff, that's that's there also. So yeah. and then the the you know, there's a lot of pageantry and I don't know. It's it's pretty exciting stuff to me. So I'd like to get more people involved or excited about it. Mm-hmm. So anyhow. There you go. So that is a the, that's the so that was a rave. That was rant? a rant. That was that a was rant a, that, that became a, like a yeah, soapbox. Kind of, it kind of turned into a soapbox, but that was a a shrinkage. <laughs> that was the shrinkage rant, right? So yeah, um, the George Costanza rant. Um, so anyhow, yeah, that, I mean that's a that's a topic that that's near and dear to my heart, and want to see uh, horse racing continue. So big rave. So here's an interesting rave. Uh, Tampa Bay Downs down in Florida there. Uh, Million-dollar Kentucky Derby bonus. So if a horse wins the Tampa Bay Downs and the Sammy F. Davis stakes, they'll award a bonus of $1 million bucks. Like, Hey, that's a way to get people involved. Right? Yeah, no that's, kidding. that's pretty good. A little monetary incentive. So a little uh, track rave there. There you go. Um, that deserves a little clap, clap I think. A million bucks. That's that's quite a bit. Yeah, Tampa um, Bay needs something to root for because the Buccaneers really aren't doing it. So old jockey kid rave here. Gary Stevens' son saddles a winner. Very interesting. There you go. <laughs> I'd like to learn more. Tory Stevens saddled his first winner um, of his nascent training career mm. when Sultry Warrior surged to a he- to a head victory at the tenth 
in the 10th race on Saturday, turning 104.40. That's a pretty good win. Stevens, 28, is one of Hall of Fame jockeys Gary Stevens' five children. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> there you go. Five, five kids. I never would thought that he had five kids. but And uh, Tori said, when that horse hit the wire in front, it was the best feeling I've ever had in this game. I can only imagine huh. winning on a horse. Yeah, like, that's got to be cool. A cool but he's been around for his dad, so he must not think much of his dad's winning percentage, but I guess it's different <laughs> when it's your own. Well, right? yeah, so, this is a completely different. So, little, little kid rave, Tori, Tori Stevens, good job. Well done, man. And then uh, we'll go on to a horse rave. Uh, Havana, I'm looking at all these uh, juveniles that are going into the Kentucky Derby and going in, into the uh, Kentucky Derby series here in Havana. It's got a 93 bar- buyer, so that, that's pretty. That's the highest of all of the two-year-olds right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in the Champagne, he held on. on I'll tell you what, though, honor code. <laughs> I, I talked about this last week in our podcast. He, he came from the cheap seats. <laughs> he was like, I watched it again. He was eight wide at the top of the stretch, yeah. and he came flying down through. And actually, right on Curlin came in third, and he was hauling ass too. So that was so those three I get get the horse rave. Um, they look solid. So I think those three, and I think that the Champagne is probably one of the better races that has happened um, so Ever. far. So I mean, no, so far this year for the JK. the very young uh, prep season here. So um, so now we're gonna go into talking a little bit about any questions, Max. I mean. Oh. <laughs> Wincing is that beer not so good? Or what? I just finished that beer and it was like alcoholy at the end. Mm. It just caught me. Yeah. So it was like in midst of like beer wince. So, so this is a pretty good ale that I'm drinking here, the Claymore Scotch Ale. Great Divide Brewing Company. That's Great a, Divide. It's a solid brewing beer. company. Yes, it's pretty good. We Henry, what is that? I don't even know. We heavy. Oh, we huh? It's heavy. It's a wee heavy. It's, it's uh, it's pretty tasty. So. Let's uh, go on to the next segment here. The Road to the Kentucky Derby Series. There's 34 races. I was talking about that. The Kentucky Derby prep season, Mm -hmm. 18 races, which begins. It already begun. So, I mean. It it has begun. It has begun. So, we're in the Chasing the Triple Crown. So, and what I think that I'm I'm a photographer. I'm an artist. Um, I'm going to be chasing some of these races. So any chance that I get Mm -hmm. to run, I'm going to be selective, but I'm going to run to a few of these races and get as many pictures as I can. Mm -hmm. Um, So some of them are close to me. I'm in, I'm in Arizona. Um, Santa Anita's close. Yep. Um, there's a there's a race in New Mexico of all places. I may go to that. I may go to Louisiana. I'm definitely going to Florida. So I need to plan it out. Max is going to help me plan out like my trips. Yeah. Um, and when it gets close to the Derby, uh, it's rapid succession of really great. You know, the final, the championship series. There's seven races at the end of it that are great races. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go to as many as I can <laughs> at the end of the before the Kentucky Derby. So should be some fun. Um, take the I'm show on the road, looking, do some like... Looking forward. Maybe we'll, we'll take the show on the road. Maybe we'll talk to a few folks. Going to try and get some people on the show, which would be great. Some yeah. jockeys, trainers, owners, anybody who will talk to us. My buddy Tommy. I, I talked to him. <laughs> <Yes. but> he's, <laughs> he almost seems like this like elusive, he's like, elusive. mystical figure that... I don't know may or may not what's exist. Up with it. You know, he's uh, he's a great handicapper. He's probably he, he's better than I am. I, I don't say that about many things, but he's probably a better handicapper <laughs> than I am. Um, 
but I, he, I was trained by him. So my dad started, and I, I talked about my dad before, which he's not such a good better. Not so great. <laughs> dad, if you're listening, sorry. You're a horrible better. It's the second time you said it. <laughs> yes. Don't mean to hurt feelings, though. We can move on from that point. <laughs> we can move on. <laughs> we can move on. The healing can begin. So I'm just going to rattle through very quickly. Um, some of the races. So the Let's Iroquois, which was run at Churchill Downs, that was won by little paper shuffle here. Oop, I went right past it. It was won by Cleburne, Dale Roman's horse. Um, and he actually, in that race, he ran a 69 buyer, which is not great. Um, the horse that came in second, smart cover, pretty good. Um, so that that's already been run. So the Iroquois... Uh, the front runner, never really heard of this race before at Santa Anita Park, was run on the 28th. Then you have the Breeders' Futurity run at Keeneland. So there's a bunch of different tracks. Then the Champagne, which is the great race that um, Havana, Honor Code, and um, Ride on Kernland were in. That's already run. And the Gray, the Gray was kind of, I mean. Kind of a. Yeah, actually, I felt it was a little. Boring. Eh, pitiful? I, I don't know how, <laughs> how to describe it. But it, it, it was sad because there was only four horses. I, I don't know what well, happened. I didn't look at the... I'm seeing here it's a graded three, too, so it's not Yeah, like it was a, a grade three. So the Iroquois is grade three, front runner grade one, Futurity grade one. So maybe that's why. Uh, Champagne grade one. Then um, the gray, a grade three. And Woodbine's a nice track, so I don't know what happened up there, but a little bit um, crazy. So I will be at the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which I'm very excited about November 2nd. Wear a big hat with a feather and people can find you. Yeah, I may. I'll be I'll be there. Um, so that is going to be at Santa Anita, so I'm, I'm traveling. My buddy Tommy's going to be there with me, so I'm really excited about that. Um, so then we on, on we go to the... Delta Downs jackpot, and that's at Delta Downs. Not sure where Delta Downs is. I'll have to look that up. That seems that that name is kind of Delta, gimmicky Delta. to me. Yeah, jackpot sounds like you're gambling. It's like a casino race or something. To then me. the Remsen, November thirtieth, at Aqueduct, and then the Kentucky Jockey Club at Churchill Downs on the thirtieth. Also, and I think that's the race that honor code is going to run in which i'm i'm very interested in that horse because he's the remsen and the jockey club are both on november 30th too so and those i'm thinking those will both be grade ones yeah. and then the jerome now now we're clicking into uh, january which i think i'm not sure when all the horses turn three but i think they they're considered three when it hits the new year so the jerome at yeah. aqueduct then the, the sham at santa anita Park on January fourth. The Max helped me out there. Lecomte, Lecomte. I Lecomte. I don't know. Lecomte. I don't know. Lecomte. I'm not French. Well, I am French, yeah, but I can't speak. I am French, but man, that's a toughie. Um, at the fairgrounds, I think that's in uh, Louisiana. Oh, there you go. Then, uh, yeah, so I guess that makes sense. Huh? Le Conte. <laughs> Le Conte. <laughs> I do declare. There you go. Smarty Jones at Oaklawn Park, which is in Kentucky, I do believe. The Holy, Holy Bull. Bull. Oh, the Holy Bull. I don't know. I just thought it Yeah, so I'll probably be going to the Holy Bull. That's in um, 
at Golfstream. I might try to make that. The Robert B. Lewis. That's on the 25th of January, February 1st. Robert B. Lewis at Santa Anita Park. The Withers, which is a horse part at Aqueduct. <laughs> Withers up on the back of a horse. Um, the El Camino Withers. Real Derby at Golden Gate. The Southwest at Oak Lawn. Let me go to the Fountain of Youth, which is another good race at Gulfstream. There's a few Gulfstream races that which are really good. I might try to go back for that. The Risen Star at the Fairgrounds. The Gotham at Aqueduct. That's a biggie. The Gotham at Gotham City. Um, Tampa Bay Downs in Tampa Bay. Batman will be there. The, yeah. <laughs> the San Felipe. San Anita Park. In San Felipe. San Felipe. Oaklawn Park, the Rebel. That's March 15th. Now we're creeping up into the championship series. Not yet, though. Spiral. The Spiral at Turfway Park. That's and then game. Sunland Derby, which I think that is the one that's in New Mexico. Hmm. I don't know. Sunland always conjures for me Sunland Village, which is a senior living center Yeah, in I don't Arizona. like that name much. But that's like hey. a bummer, but that's okay. That's just a, that's a preconceived bias, I think, on my part, then. And then we go into the championship series. Now, these are the races that... This is your favorite. Probably 10 years ago, I thought these were the only Kentucky Derby prep races because I wasn't really... I mean, I was into it, but I wasn't... I was mainly confused. You weren't super fanning? Yeah, so now now I'm a super fan. So now I'm, like, going back in time trying to... I don't know what, but I really like thoroughbred horse racing, so my sure. my passion has grown <laughs> there it is with the terminology again my passion has grown <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll leave it at that that's all right last week it was on top it this on week top. it's grown <laughs> yeah, anyway is that, is that called a euphemism what is that uh, an entendre double entendre mm. not meant but they just seem to come out of me <laughs> <laughs> there you go there's another one <laughs> all right moving along the uh, championship series starts with the Florida Derby. Now, the Florida Derby. That's your race. Love the Florida Derby. Been going to the Florida Derby for a million years. Well, a long time. I can't. Tommy and I are trying to figure out what was the one that I. It's, it's as you get older, your brain kind of fogs up a little bit. So we're trying to figure it out. I think it was the year before the last Breeders' Cup at the old Florida Derby track, which was probably. We're thinking it was like 12, 13 years ago. Hmm. So um, every year, I mean, and and I really liked, even before that, when I was poor and couldn't really travel much when I was in my early 20s, I really liked the Florida Derby as a prep race for the Kentucky Derby. Always, and, and I ended up, we, and Tommy moved to Florida. We used to go to Saratoga every year, but we, we instead of going to Saratoga, which we started again, mm-hmm. um, we used to go to, we'd go to the Florida Derby. So we switched from so I did a trip once a year, and I go to the Florida Derby. And I don't know. Do you remember as a as a child, Max? Me, as a lad, me, as a lad, me going off to the Florida Derby. Um, not clearly. But uh, anyhow, it's a it's a big race, and it's a great actually. That day of racing at Gulfstream is a great day of racing. Not not a huge not such a huge fan of the new track. The old track I liked a little bit better for from a horse betting perspective. Mm-hmm. Because it's a racino now, but um, it, wow. it's still it's I'm getting used to it. I mean, I think it's it's beautiful. The track is beautiful. Yeah. 
Don't be um, one of those ones who can't contemporize me. Yes, I'm, I'm trying to contemporize. Um, I can go in and pull a slot machine between races, which... Mm, no good. Okay. The UAE Derby is the next one. It's on actually on the same day as the Florida Derby, is, so we're, we'll probably bet that in in tandem with the Florida Derby. Is that in uh, Dubai? Or? United Arab Emirates. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's in Maidan. So these races... It's probably somewhere. So the last, the let's UAE? see, the Fountain of Youth, the Risen Star, those races I talked about just briefly before, all are... As as this thing goes on, as the Kentucky Derby Series goes on, the Fountain of Youth, I think, is the first one that has 50 points. So there's point totals. Oh, yeah. And as we go even further or deeper into the season, getting close to the... The Derby. The Derby. Um, I'm trying to see. Sorry about the shuffling, Max. You're good. I know the, that irritates the hell out of you. No, the hell's still in me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the Fountain of Youth on February 22nd really kind of kicks into the, you know, the, the final leg before the Kentucky Derby. Yep. Um, at 50 points. And then there's a see, So the Fountain of Youth, the Risen Star, the Gotham, Tampa Bay, San Felipe, Rebel, Spiral, Sunland, they all have 50 points if you win. So that if you win one of those races, you're, you're you yeah. know, you're, you're, you're tracking, right. you're tracking pretty well. And they used to before, I think, last year or the year before, I'm not sure. Um, they used to do total graded stakes winnings, mm -hmm. and the top 20 would get into the derby. Well, they switched it to this point, point system. system. Um, so, like, you can't have the, the – well, not that you can't, but the scrubs are not as scrubby. Yeah, I mean – Makes it a little more So, I guess they looked at the different races to see what kind of class of horse was running in each race – and they picked the best ones mm -hmm. and gave the points, to, you know, in those races, which I I guess it makes sense. I'm mm -hmm. not sure how I like this so far, but it seemed to work pretty well last year. And, I mean, one of the things when you're, you know, so all these horses come funneling down into the, the Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont. So mm -hmm. they're running before that. I don't know if a lot of people really understand how horses get to the Kentucky Derby, but this is the process. Yep. Um, so... I forgot my point. That's all right. Brain freeze. It'll come so, back. So moving on. Um, so these, these races are funneling these horses into the bigger races, and they go to the Derby from there. Um, forgot my point exactly. It should come back. If not, potentially. It wasn't important. So, yeah, it wasn't important. What is, is, that the, is that Steve Martin that said that? Yeah, I think so. It wasn't that important. So we got the UAE, and the, then it's the Louisiana Derby. The Louisiana Derby. Um, which is at the fairgrounds, which is in Louisiana. Louisiana. So that's generally a pretty good race. The Santa Anita Derby, that's been going on for years and years and years and years. And I think we're going to do some profiling on some of these races. And then the Wood Memorial back in Aqueduct, which is a, is a biggie. And it's, you know, March 29th, there's three of these. April 5th, which is the next weekend, there's a couple. And then the Arkansas Derby, the Bluegrass um, and that kind of finishes it up. And then the Lexington. Why is yeah, that? Yeah, that must have got... Maybe that's a mistuck or something. No, I, don't know. I don't think so. Or maybe... Well, it, it still says... T it says 10, 4, 2, 1. So maybe it's an 100. It's back down to a 10. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, so... Interesting. Yeah. So anyhow, I'm going to probably try to go to like the either the Fountain of Youth, 
the the Sunland. Maybe the Sunland. Because it's maybe in New Mexico. You're saying, and maybe the San Felipe in Santa Anita. And I'll definitely be going to the Florida Derby. Maybe I'll go to the next week in the Santa Anita Derby. It's a lot of traveling, but it would be fun to do it. So anyhow, I got to figure that out. So the contenders for the Kentucky Derby. So what I did was I took the races that have already been held and kind of went through the horses. So I think those are my contenders. And then I I looked at all of these. I watched all of these races back on video again. So I'm just going to kind of go through them. So in the Iroquois, um, Cleburne, Dale Roman's horse, won that. And he ran a 69 buyer. I said that before. He showed some closing chops. And smart cover... I mean, he looked pretty good. He was flying at the end, and maybe if it was a couple more leaps, he may have won. There was another horse that was on top that was leading that these guys kind of came by at the end. Um, pretty pretty good race, though. Um, Doug O'Neill's Bondholder, uh, another horse that's probably, you know, he's, they're kind of pointing towards the uh, Kentucky Derby. Uh was in the front runner at Santa Anita. He was going away. He did like a 78 buyer, which is not too bad. Um, Dance with Fate was on top, and Bondholder caught him at the end. Mm. Um, so Dance with Fate held on pretty good. Um, the race that I really, I think so far out of the, the prep races, the Champagne, we've talked a lot about it. Todd Pletcher's horse, Havana, came in first in the Champagne, and his maiden voyage was, was he showed some grit, and he almost broke the track record for five and a half furlongs at Saratoga. So... He looks like a pretty tough horse. He, I mean, he's showed a couple different styles. At his maiden, he was on top the whole way, but in the champagne, he was back a little bit, and he came up through to win. He's got, I read, Ortiz on him. Um, and he did a 93 buyer, which is a pretty good buyer. I mean, for this, mm-hmm. for this early in the season, that's a pretty good buyer. And then we have the Shug McGahee, or Claude McGahee's horse, Came in second in the champagne, and he came from the cheap, the cheap <laughs> seats in the parking lot. I mean, he he was basically, I mean, this horse has got a, I mean, the two times that I've seen him run, he has had like a closing burst that I mean, is kind of, it's pretty impressive, frighteningly awesome. Yeah. I mean, pretty impressive, kind of like he's got like a Ichabod Crane another horse from hell kind of like. <laughs> Charles Atlas chest kind of pounding down this. I mean, he burst a speed crazy. And I yep. I think in his maiden voyage, he got to the inside at Saratoga and it was kind of muddy. And uh, somebody clocked him his last quarter. And that was a seven furlong race, I do believe. He did his last quarter in 23, which is going back to our 12 second furlong thing, um, which is pretty damn fast yeah. for the last quarter so yes, honor sir. code like honor code he's not going to run the juvenile at, Breeder, at the breeders cup but that's okay um and right on curlin was coming pretty good too in the so that that race i think was a good race the champagne was a great race we miss Artie, um another todd pletcher horse won the breeders futurity um cup i think they call it futurity cup at keelan he ran a 70 buyer uh, Amy's, Amy's, I think it's Amy's Holiday mm. with Josie Carroll as the trainer. Ran in the gray at Woodbine. She ran, ran an 80 buyer. I mean, it looked, she looked pretty good. She came, 
There was a horse on top. I can't think it was called Big Bazinga. Came in second in that race. And uh, um, Ami's Holiday came flying at the end to, to catch her. Um, she had a strong closing effort, so we'll see. And then the other horse, I just want to mention a strong mandate. He kind of didn't do too well in the champagne, but I, I think you're going to see more of him. So that's I, I think that's my list so far for contenders in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, in the future, we're going to maybe highlight some of these different races and talk about some of the different tracks. Mm-hmm. And as we kind of get closer and closer to the Kentucky Derby, looking for that horse that potentially could win the Triple Crown. I mean, it's mm-hmm. all about, I mean, it's been a long time. I think 1978, a firm beat Alidar in three consecutive races to become the Triple Crown champion. That was 78, so that was 30-some-odd years ago. Mm-hmm. 33 years ago, we've had our last triple crown winner and before that was secretariat Mm -hmm. which we talked about last week holding all all records for all three triple crown races um so we're looking for another i think we're going to see one or two more i would hope to see one or two more triple count crown winners in my lifetime don't know if it's going to happen but uh i would love to see it but you never know yeah so chasing the triple crown hence chasing the triple crown. there you go it's a hard thing to do some people can't say it can't be done again I don't believe it. I don't. I don't either. I'm an optimist. I think there's just the training techniques are different. Horses are still breeding strong. So Max, I'm going to ask you a couple questions here from our last. Sure. We're going to going to go into our like handicapping section now. Mm-hmm. So track conditions. What does FZ stand for? Frozen. There you go. What about YL? Little quiz. Come on. Nope. I don't have it. Yielding. That's right. Divots in the grass. So those are just two different track conditions. We talked about track conditions last last week. Um, we talked about workouts also, the 12-second rule. 12 seconds of furlong. So it's a decent time. How many furlongs is a mile? I have, what is it, eight, six? There you go. Is you it got eight? it. First, first guess. Eight. And that was a guess. It was very <laughs> much a guess. What's a typical workout for a horse? Uh, six, four, four. That's a half mile. You know, you see a lot of half mile works. Um, so anyhow, uh, other things that we talked about last week: horses over the same track. I mean, if a horse is shipping in and if he's ran at the track before, you might want to look in his past performances to mm-hmm. see how he's done. We also talk about we talked about jockeys and trainers for that particular track. Like last week, Todd Pletcher is leading at Belmont in Elmont, New York. Mm-hmm. So one of the, the last thing that I'm going to talk about today, the last thing today, today is buyer speed figures. So this is this is an interesting thing, and the number, the buyer speed figure is like the 109, the 107, mm-hmm. which is kind of before the times of a race on on the racing form of the past performance, and you, you hear a lot of talk about it. So I don't know how many people know what that is max what's your guess what the buyer's speed figure is um i don't even have a guess okay so so andy buyer he he, he's a handicapper Mm -hmm. so he developed this this formula for speed in horses and it's a numerical representation of a horse's performance based on final time the inherent speed over a track on which the race was run the higher the buyer's speed figure, the better the performance. Mm. 
Buyer speed figures are interchangeable. This is interesting. Interchangeable from track to track and from distance to distance. Hmm. So now you know what it is. It's like like a numerical representation of a horse. Yeah. Um, and Andy Byers, a great handicapper, he published a book, Picking Winners, in 1975, which altered the practice of speed handicapping in the composition of speed figure charts for all times. So he's been working for the Daily Racing Forum for a long time. Pretty smart handicapper. I actually got a picture of him at Saratoga last year. Nice. Only because my buddy Tommy said, there's Andy Andy Pyer. I was like, wow, snapped a picture. Uh, I didn't know anything of what he looked like, but I do have a picture of him. So what's the fastest buyer ever run? There's 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 a horse by the name of Groovy in 1986. He was a sprinter, and he had some buyer speed figures. And I'm like, holy crap, this this is fast. 133, 132. Wow. Um, no horse since has broken the 130 mark. Hmm. It's pretty high. Cigar, by contrast, never recorded a figure higher than 121, and usually ran in the vicinity of 117, which is still That's pretty, pretty fast. damn high. Formal gold, gold, formal gold in 1997 recorded a buyer speed figure of 126, 124, 125 in consecutive races, which is like killer. So, anyhow, buyer speed figures. Something to look at. Something to consider, something to look at, along with some of the other things that I have been talking about in the past podcasts. But, I mean, I don't know how much weight you put on it. Sometimes I put weight on it, sometimes I don't. If somebody. If a horse runs a big buyer, then the next, well, if you had this other horse here that ran consecutive buyers, it's not typical that horses running really high buyers will run it back to that form. Yeah. So anyhow, that's my general rule of thumb. But, but you can always look for patterns. Yeah, I would for... use it to some degree. Don't go just bet on buyers because you, you will end up losing because it doesn't always come true. Right. So anyhow, I think, Maxi, any other... Nope, I don't think so. Uh, how many days now to the uh, triple crown? One ninety-five and some change. One ninety-five and some change. Anyhow, um, you find us on anglelightmedia.com. You can also find us on Facebook if you search Anglelight Media and Twitter at Anglelight Media. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. Should be on iTunes soon. Uh, Stitcher's being weird, but probably Stitcher too. Uh, I don't know. I think that's about and it. And go out to Twitter and like us. Yeah, follow us on Twitter, like us, us on, on Facebook. Twitter, like us on Facebook. Sorry about that. You Screwed got it. that up. No worries. And I think 